Girlfriends, episode number 287, Learn to Love Your Body. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we are talking about learning to love your body. Body image is such a difficult issue for so many women. I can't wait to dive into this important topic. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm coming to you from the loft in my girl's bedroom. So some of you remember last year, right around this time, I kind of took over this space, which is the, the, our, our girl's bedroom for years. You know, we had the downstairs part of it, which, you know, we had a bunk bed in there for our two younger girls. And then the loft area was for our oldest daughter, Catery, for years. Um, just a, a small space where she was able to sleep up here and have a little bit more privacy. And now I'm at a stage in my life where all of my girls have moved out. So this space is now available. It was available last fall too, um, when my daughter Gabby was still staying in this room. But Some of you will remember last year, I switched this loft space into a sort of office. And that was actually really helpful, especially in the middle of the winter when a lot of my college kids were home. My son, who was working remotely, came home for a little while. And my kids who were going to high school were remote, at least part time. Office space was at a premium around here. (laughs) So it was nice to have that little extra office space up here in the loft. But then this past spring and summertime, I kind of lost my little extra office space because kids used it for various things. Kids put things in storage in here. And uh, my son, Stephen, who is uh, really into making movies and videos, was using it for recording that sort of thing. And then I came up here recently and it was a complete disaster. Like (laughs) over the course of the summer, I just put it out of my mind. Like I'm no longer using that as an office space, but I couldn't believe what a wreck it became in here. So it's still not great, but I have cleaned out part of it and enough of it so that I can use it for a little bit of recording like this. It's I like to have a little a place that's a little bit more remote for recording because I have dogs who bark. I have a husband who is always working around the house doing various construction projects and that gets noisy, doing yard work, which is noisy. Anyway, this is a little bit of a more remote and quiet space. So I thought I would record in here today. And you know what, I like using these spaces, even though it's sad, of course, when your kids move out, and then you're like, oh, their their bedroom space is empty. But you know, my daughters will be home. We have a wedding this October, they'll be back for they'll be back over the holidays. And then in the springtime, um, when school gets out. So they're not gone for good quite yet. And um, it's nice to have this space available to them when they come home. But I also enjoy kind of gaining access again to some spaces in my house. And that's been part of this process for me. I share a little bit in my book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, about how when a big chunk of my big kids were gone, at first it was very hard for me. But also during that time, I like renovated our downstairs, repainted all the walls, you know, and doing those major kinds of changes in your physical living spaces. I think can be really therapeutic during this stage of parenting when it's a little bit hard learning to let go of our kids and there is definitely a loss there and it can be hard to adjust to. But look for what's what's fresh and new in it and look for ways that you might benefit from some of the new open spaces, figuratively, 
And physically speaking, you have new and open spaces in your life at this stage. So anyway, I'm enjoying coming to you from the loft. And I'm looking around me and thinking, oh, this could use a fresh coat of paint. (laughs) And there are some wall decals on here that um, probably should go. But anyway, in the meantime, I'm happy to have this little bit of extra quiet office space that I have access to. All right, this week, we are talking about your body image. Why is this such a huge thing for women? You know, I was talking with a friend about this, and it's been on my mind because just recently, the the writer Simka Fisher, you may be familiar with her. I've known her for years. She's a fellow Catholic writer who lives here in New Hampshire. She was sharing, I, I saw this link on social media, and I read this article she wrote. Um, I, I will actually link to it in the show notes because it's very interesting to read. So she was sharing about how she recently lost 40 pounds and was kind of sharing the basics of how she did that, not in any given way. Um, And she was kind of reflecting on exactly this topic a little bit, where it's how we feel about our bodies and how messed up it can be sometimes. And she was sharing that it was something that she realized she was spending an awful lot of time and space in her mind thinking about it all the time when her body wasn't where she wanted it to be. And so I think that really that really resonated with me because I thought how many of us can relate to that that it the way we think and feel about our physical selves takes up a lot of space, takes up a lot of room physically, spiritually, emotionally, it's a burden that we carry. And um, also, at the same time, I've been having this Voxer conversation with a friend of mine who is newly pregnant. She's a little bit younger than me, but she's she's not in her 20s. And um, she was kind of sharing her own struggles with that idea, like which she felt like, of course, she's very happy to be pregnant and welcoming this new life, but also struggling with the idea of she's gaining weight. She was doing a new exercise program that she felt great about, and now she's not able to keep up with that. Just And, and then also kind of admonishing herself at the same time for feeling that way. Like, don't be dumb. This is a beautiful gift from God. Don't be worrying about what it's going to do to your body. Stupid. And I, I think that really also is something that many of us can relate to, that first of all, the space that worrying about our physical selves can take up in our lives, but then also the space that worrying about worrying about it takes up in our lives, like admonishing ourselves, we should not be feeling that way and kind of beating ourselves up for it. So, um, and what I shared with my friend, and I think this is so true, is every woman struggles with this. I don't care if you're a size zero or a size 48, every woman struggles with this. And in different ways throughout our lifetimes, but I feel like it's something that does not go away. And I was reflecting on that and thinking, that is really a triumph for the enemy, isn't it? Satan himself is delighted if any woman, especially a strong, powerful force for the good in the church, might get sidetracked by that, might spend some of her time and energy fretting over something as dumb as that. And so I think that really kind of, that helps me interrupt myself when I start spiraling downward in that kind of way of thinking about myself. And it, it can help reframe the whole thing. Like, what, what do I want to be focused on? What does God want me to be focused on? And who, who am I serving when I'm focused on these things in a, in a truly negative way? So none of this is to tell anybody that, you know, losing weight is a bad thing or, you know, spending time and energy thinking about it and making a plan for it is a bad thing. 
it, it might very much be a part of taking care of yourself right now to lose weight. But that's not what I'm talking about. I, I'm I'm talking about the way we think about ourselves. And the way we think about ourselves should should be in a, a positive way, regardless of what what size we are, regardless. I mean, our our bodies shape changes so much over the course of a lifetime, especially if you're a mother. And um, as we age, there are, there are things about it. You know, I shared in the in that episode a couple of months ago when I was turning 49 about the ways that we struggle with the idea of aging, especially in our culture. And this is right along the lines of that. And so I just want this show to be a, a little encouragement to you to be reflective about it, to think about the way that you think about it. Even if weight loss is a goal of yours and you're actively working toward it, how are you thinking about that? Is it a way that you're you're looking to punish yourself? Um, are you are you you know beating yourself up in your own mind and thoughts all the time? So that's the first thing that I'm, I've got. Let me see. I've got seven points that I want to make here, and the first one is exactly that. Pay attention to some of your inner thoughts and words, the way that you talk to yourself about your body. How do you do it? For many of us, it's not very nice. It's kind of nasty. So I, I want to encourage you to think about that, reflect on that, try to be more attentive to the way that you tend to talk to yourself. And would you talk to a girlfriend that way? Let's say you have a lot of weight to lose and that that's, can be a very good and healthy goal for you. If you had a girlfriend who had a lot of weight to lose, how would you talk to her about it? Probably not the way you're talking to yourself about it. Or, you know, any of these other things that we nitpick about ourselves, or even if it's not something we can control, how many of us might obsess about the way, you know, some part of our face looks or the way our hair is or the shape of our legs or, you know, whatever it is that can kind of spiral you downward. Pay attention to the way you think about it and pay attention to the way that you talk to yourself about it. Because this really matters. These inner thoughts influence the way that we feel about ourselves. And ultimately, they influence our relationships with other people. They influence how we approach the world. They influence our level of confidence as we are taking on whatever work it is that God is calling us to do. So this sort of thing, as petty and as dumb as it might seem, really matters. It matters a lot. So pay attention to those inner thoughts and inner words that you're speaking to yourself and stop them if they're negative. And I'm pretty sure they're negative. <laughs> we all do this and none of us is immune to it. So, and then the second point I want to make is instead of that, I want to encourage you to every day say out loud something positive about yourself, your physical self. Does this sound impossible to you? I know there are things about your body that you can like or appreciate or feel like they're pretty okay. Maybe you've got shiny hair or you like the sound of your voice or your, your skin is smooth or you like the look of your hands because they look like your mom's or what is it about yourself physically? I, I saw this on Instagram. Somebody challenged, I wish I could remember who it was, um, challenged everybody reading to put in the comments one thing that they liked about themselves physically. And it was really encouraging to just read through the comments and see like, oh, I, I like my lips or I like that my teeth are white or I like my gray eyes or, you know, what is it? So I want to encourage you to do that, to think about that and then be deliberate about once every day, saying that thing out loud, even, you know, just by yourself in, in the bathroom mirror, say like, I think my hair is pretty. Or even take the I think out of there. My hair is pretty. I have pretty hair. Say that. 
And this feels so wrong because we're not conditioned to think about ourselves or talk about ourselves in positive ways. And so that is really why I think it's a really important part of this healing process to begin a more positive way of having a relationship with the body that God gave you. And to begin right now where you are, I think that is so vitally important because so many of us have this idea, whether it's like a goal you have of losing a certain amount of weight or looking a certain way or fitting into a certain size or whatever, that we kind of push our self-worth out to the future. Like, I'm not valuable now. I need to lose this amount of weight before I can consider myself valuable, before I can say positive things about myself. Now, that sounds crazy, right? You probably would never say that out loud. But how many of us are going through our lives with that kind of mindset, thinking we're not worthy of positive affirmations because of the fact that we don't like where we are physically speaking right now? That's insane. And it's a really important part of this process, I think, to get in the habit of saying things out loud that are good about yourself. And you don't have to go around bragging to all your friends. You can do this just on your own, just in speaking to yourself. Maybe make it a part of your morning routine to say something positive. And, you know, the good thing is, as you make this a habit, it will become a more natural way of you thinking about yourself. You might be more inclined to notice the things that you like about yourself. You might all of a sudden notice that you you like the color of your skin or the shape of your hands or the, the way that your feet look in that new pair of shoes or whatever it is. Just, I think also it helps to make us focus on the, the positive gift that our bodies are and that they're meant to be. And, and that's what gets so distorted in our popular culture, especially that holds up this impossible, unattainable ideal of feminine beauty that's just false. It's a false thing. Nobody, nobody actually looks like that. Those images that you're comparing yourself to that are in magazines or on billboards or in commercials, even that person doesn't actually look like that. So it's important, I think, to have these kind of checks in place where we are noticing the good and positive things about ourselves and getting in the habit of um, speaking out loud those things that are good and true about each of us. All right. So the next point I want to make on this topic is to bring this to prayer. Have you thought about bringing this to prayer? I have a friend who once encouraged me to pray, asking God to show me what lies I believe about myself. That was a powerful thing to pray and um, a powerful way to pray and then listen for what God might want to be saying to you about that. It You might be surprised by what God will open up to your heart, to your mind, to your soul, if you go to him and ask, Lord, help me to see what lies I believe about myself. And, you know, if you get down to it, these lies that you believe about yourself are the ones that Satan is whispering to you, are the ones that Satan is trying to use to get you off track. Like, I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm stupid. I'm whatever it is you you tend to say to yourself or hear that voice in your head telling you. Um, and so many of us make a habit of thinking about ourselves in these ways, so much so that we don't even realize that it's our habit of thought. And we just see it as our reality. So this can be a really powerful way to look for the truth about yourself. Ask God to tell you who you are. You could begin with that prayer. God, tell me who I am. God, remind me of my worth. Remind me who I am. Because so many times we can read scripture and we can know that God God made man and God made woman and he said they were good. So God made you good. 
And we can read that and we can know it intellectually, but how many of us resist that, resist embracing that truth in our hearts? Ask God to show you what lies you're believing. Ask him to show you that he made you good. And he won't fail to answer that prayer. So bring it to prayer. Ask God to help you to have the right perspective on your body. Begin with a grateful prayer for the fact that you have a body, that God gave you life and he gave you the body that you are in. Begin to be thankful for that in a very deliberate way in your prayer life. And that can have a, a powerful impact on the, the way that you, you feel about yourself. Okay, so bringing it to prayer, of course, is a vitally important thing. And that can be a really important part of the healing process. If you've had a conflicted relationship with your own body, Satan rejoices in that. So recognize that and and bring it to God and ask him to help you have a right relationship with your body. Ask him to help you to be more grateful for your physical self. Ask him for the strength you need to take good care of yourself. And then, you know, working in that way can become more of a natural habit if you're approaching God in prayer and making a habit of giving thanks for your life and for your physical body. That can help you to recall what a blessing it is and make you more aware of the times when you are either neglecting to take good care of that blessing or you are beating yourself up for it not looking a certain way or you're comparing yourself to other people in a way that God never intended for you to because he made you unique. You are your own person. And um, this is this is your body that he gave you. So recognize that. All right. The next point I want to make is it's really important to wear clothing that fits you and feels good. This seems like a no-brainer, right? But I can tell you so many times I've gone, I even just did it this summer where I had this old pair of shorts that I I pulled out of my drawer. I hadn't worn them in, I don't know, probably like five years. And I put them on and they felt terrible. Like they didn't fit me right. I don't know if I weigh more now than I did when I last wore these. But of course, that's what I started thinking was the reason for why they didn't feel comfortable on my body. But I persevered because I'm like, these are my shorts. I'm wearing these things. And then I realized I was like in a bad mood about things. And it was because I was wearing these stupid shorts that didn't feel comfortable. And then that felt like a constant reminder that I I didn't like my body. Okay. And how ridiculous is this? And I, I realized in that moment, I can go upstairs and I can get changed and I can put on a very nice pair of shorts that I am grateful to own. And I will feel like I look good and I will feel good about myself physically. And nothing has changed except the clothing that I decided to put on my body. I know I've done this before. Um, th- those of you who are in you know, your years of childbearing, for sure, your body's going to experience fluctuations in you know, when you're when you're pregnant, when you're breastfeeding, when you're postpartum, all of that. And I remember so vividly one time postpartum that I thought to myself, I I really need to be in, you know, whatever size it was for my clothing. And I wasn't there. And I was wearing sizes that were a little bit too small because I was just kind of trying to push it like I need to be this size. And I remember one time when I was doing that, it dawned on me like, I could just buy some clothing in a size above what I normally wear. And that's okay. You know, and I I went to the store and I bought, you know, just a very few items in a, a size that actually fit me in styles that actually flattered the body that I was in. And I felt great. 
I mean, how many times do we do this to ourselves? Like, why? Because you want the, the tag to say a certain number or something. Do we resist wearing clothing that's actually going to feel good and fit you well? And and maybe you don't feel like you have a, a gift for shopping and that might be a stumbling block for you. But you probably know someone who does. Invite somebody to go shopping with you to help you to pick out an outfit that's going to be flattering for your body. Uh, or you can use one of their lots of different, you know, shopping apps and shopping, virtual shopping assistants who can help you, things like Stitch Fix and that sort of thing. I haven't done those, but I know a lot of people really love them. And you can share with them like what your body type is, what your lifestyle is, what kinds of styles you like, and they can help you to find styles that are going to work for you. So that can be a really good resource, a really great way to add some items to your wardrobe. They're going to make you feel like a million bucks. And, you know, it, it's just, it's so contrasting to me to, to think of like back to my, my story with the shorts, right? Nothing about my physical body changed in those five minutes where I changed from one pair of shorts into another, but it completely changed how I felt about myself. And I, you know, I looked, I'm sure much better in the pair of shorts that actually fit. So why do we do this to ourselves? Just try to remember how simple that is, how simple it can be anyway, to just make sure that you're wearing something that actually fits you and is going to make you feel comfortable, is going to make you feel good, something that flatters you. And and I think sometimes the 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 challenge for people, the obstacle for people is you might be thinking, I I weigh too much, I need to lose weight. And so I don't deserve to have clothing that I look good in and feel good in in this size. And maybe you wouldn't say that out loud, but you might be thinking along those lines, that might be your perspective, that might be what's getting in your way. I want to challenge you to accept the fact that you right now, exactly as you are, exactly the size you are, exactly the shape you're in, you are worthy of wearing clothing that is going to make you feel good. And that's going to make you look good. We had Nicole Caruso, author of Worthy of Wearing on the show several episodes ago now, but I'm going to make a little note here to myself to share that episode in the show notes for this this one at ascensionpress.com. Because if you haven't listened to that one, you will want to go back and listen to it. Her whole Worthy of Wearing movement is about exactly that kind of mentality. Like, we don't consider ourselves worthy of wearing the good stuff. And maybe it's not about what your, your body looks like, or but maybe it's about the state you are in your life or whatever. We all need that reminder that you, exactly as you are right now, are worthy of wearing clothing that's going to make you look good and feel good. So, and that might mean making a little bit of a shopping trip. And it might mean that you have to let go of numbers a little bit. So that brings me to my next one, which is my next point is that you might need to break up with your scale. You might need to, might need to throw that thing away <laughs> or at least put it way in the back of your closet or give it away or have your husband lock it somewhere or hide it from you. Because so many times we make this about numbers, whether it's the, the size that on the tag on the clothing that you're wearing or about the number of pounds we want to lose. I have a friend who once just scandalized me by telling me, I'm going to feel a lot better once I lose three pounds. Three pounds is what this beautiful woman was telling me. She was going to feel better about herself when she lost three pounds. Do you know, the average adult's body changes, fluctuates in weight over like five or six pounds over the course of a day even. How can we be talking about, I need to lose three pounds before I can feel good about myself? 
Or, you know, maybe the number that you want to lose is much bigger than that. Or maybe you're beating yourself up because the number you, you see on the scale in the morning, that's shaping the way you feel about your entire day and you don't like it. Why do we give these kinds of numbers power over us? Okay, so the scale is, it's just information. It's data. It's, it's just data. And um, we need to be able to treat it that way or recognize that we aren't able to treat it that way. So if you like enjoy, you know, weighing yourself every day and it's not an issue for you, um, you don't have to break up with your scale. But if it is causing you problems, if it's affecting your mood throughout the day, then maybe that doesn't mean you need to let go of your goal of, you know, being more in shape or taking better care of yourself or, or losing weight in some way, gaining muscle and losing fat, which by the way, if you're doing that, that's a really healthy way to take care of your body. And you won't see the numbers on the scale move down very quickly at all. Because as you know, muscle weighs more than fat. So if you're gaining muscle and losing fat, you're not going to see this dramatic weight loss in that process. And yet you are very much becoming a healthier person and taking better care of yourself. So that alone should tell you that this is not a metric that really matters, or it's not the, the be all end all that we make it sometimes. And yeah, it can be helpful information to have, but sometimes it's extremely unhelpful information to have. If it's something you're doing is, you know, stepping on the scale every morning and it has the power to make or break your day, I'm going to tell you that's an unhealthy relationship that you have with that scale, with that information. Maybe if you're, you know, working on becoming healthier and you do have a goal of losing weight, that's fine. I'm not telling you that you need to throw away that goal. But if you're finding your relationship with the scale is unhealthy, look for other goals. Like maybe you want your clothes to fit you better. Maybe your goals are going to be doing a certain number of push-ups or being able to run a certain number of miles without stopping. You know, having those kind of goals makes a ton of sense. And it doesn't have to be so wrapped up in the numbers game. Um, there is an app that's, it's only available on um, Apple, but it, it I've used it a little bit. I, I'm not currently using it, but I know many people use it and they're very happy with it. It's called Happy Scale. And I think you weigh yourself every day when you are, um, when you're using this, but it's, it's a nice way to, um, it takes your information and processes it and then tells you what your trend is. So you don't get hyper-focused on that one number. And it will tell you whether you're you're trending with a weight gain or whether you're trending with a weight loss or you're trending just maintaining your your current weight. And that's that's actually helpful information to have, right? Like that's all the information we need to have. Um, in fact, there's a scale that works this way. It's called Shapa, S-H-A-P-A. Um, and you can find out more about it at myshapa.com. I do not own the scale, but I've heard a lot about it. And I, I like the concept behind how it works. And the way that it works is you you step on this scale. And according to the kind of color that it shows you, it's, it tells you what your trend is. So of course, you have to be stepping on it every day. But instead of giving you a number and then encouraging you to evaluate yourself or your, your worthiness as a human being based on that number alone, it gives you a color so you know what your trend is. And like I said, your trend could be maintaining your weight or gaining weight or losing weight. And that is actually helpful information to have. Um, a way that you can do that if you just don't want to give up weighing yourself every day is you can track your weight 
over the course of time and look for yourself, like graph it out and and see what the trend is and see if there's a downward trend or an upward trend, or if you're staying steady, that can be, that can be helpful too. I think just putting that information in its place in its proper perspective, there's, you know, there's no, no value judgment on a scale and weight, you know, as a number that it gives you. But sometimes we do unhealthy things with it ourselves. So I want to encourage you to think about your relationship with the scale. And it, it might be that it's something you're completely avoiding uh, for good reasons. And I, you know, I, I gave up weighing myself, I'm going to say three years ago. And I, I use other things like I can tell how my clothing is fitting. I know my general level of fitness and my, my capabilities as a runner or when I'm lifting weights and that sort of thing. So I, I feel like that's the information I need. I don't need to be checking in on a scale every day. I don't need that. It's I, I discovered it was actually an unhelpful thing for me. So that might be your case. You might need to break up with your scale. But if you have a happy relationship with your scale and you find it helpful, then yeah, for sure. Go ahead and keep on using it. This isn't like blanket advice for everybody, but I want to encourage you to think about it. Think about your relationship with that information if it's something that you're taking in every day. And if it's something that you're not taking in and you're avoiding it for an unhealthy reason, like you don't want to face the fact that you're not caring for yourself, you're you're worried about your physical health and not doing anything about it and feeling bad about that, and you don't want that information for that reason, well, you know, this is a prompt to not not whip out your scale and start beating yourself up with the number that you see, but to begin to do some positive things to take care of yourself. Okay, so number six is related to that, which is move your body. I find nothing is more powerful in changing my mindset than just going out and and going for a run, going for a walk, using my body in the way that God intended me to use it and recognizing what a gift it is to be able to do that. I was once talking with a a good girlfriend after like a long weekend and she was like complaining about the fact that she just felt like she had gained a bunch of weight over the weekend. She made a bunch of food and drink choices that she was regretting and blah, 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 blah. And it occurred to me in that moment that uh, what I would do is just when I start feeling that way, and we all have times when we feel that way, just go out for a run. And yep, you might be in terrible shape and that's part of why you're feeling so awful. And so the run's going to be epically awful and you won't be, you know, running like you used to, or you won't be able to keep up the way you used to or whatever. But I find that it's that right in that positive action of doing something to take care of your body, there's a lot that really helps switch your mindset into a positive thinking, like I'm doing something positive with my body and it changes how you feel about your physical self, just being able to do something physical in that way. All right, and the last point I wanna make is related, which is appreciate all that you can do because of your body. Appreciate your body for the gift that it is. So this is like an encouragement to reflect on some of the things you're able to do with your body that you're grateful for that maybe unusual things maybe you can sing to a toddler and calm them down be grateful for that you can do that because god gave you the gift of your body maybe you're able to comfort someone with an arm around their shoulder or give them a hug be grateful for that not to mention all the amazing things our bodies can do as women from gestating to lactating and nurturing new life in all of these ways. 
what a beautiful gift that is. But even if you're not at that stage in life, or if that's not, you know, the way that God is calling you to be a mother, there are so many ways that our bodies are gifts to ourselves and that we use them in living out our vocation. So whether it's because you can, you know, physically go to work and perform your job, or if you're able to care for your children or do the laundry or cook a meal or go and visit a friend, your body is why you're able to do that. So give thanks for that. Give thanks for the things that you can do physically. Do you have skills in the kitchen, like baking skills? Or are you able to sing or dance or walk around the block and feel the sunshine on your skin? That These are things we need to be grateful for. They're all a gift from God. And your body is how he is giving you that gift. Your physical self is how he's giving you that gift. So think about that. Appreciate what your body can do and be specific in the ways in which you're going to give thanks to God for it. All right. Those are my seven points, but I'm sure you have more. Just to run down again, I'm going to encourage you to pay attention to your inner thoughts and words about your physical self. Number two, every day, say something out loud that is positive about your physical self. Number three, bring this topic to prayer. Ask God to show you what lies you're believing. Number four, wear clothing that fits you properly and feels good. Number five, know you might need to break up with your scale. Number six, get moving. You will instantly feel better. And number seven, appreciate and give thanks for all that your body can do. I hope these are helpful, but you probably have some of your own thoughts. Is this something that you struggle with? Is this something that you've experienced significant challenges in? you know, coming to terms with your body image? Or is this something that you have a healthy relationship with? Or have you learned to have a healthy relationship? I would love to hear from you and be able to share your thoughts and your additional topics on this theme in a future episode of Girlfriends. So send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer. You can always find the link to connect with me on Voxer at ascensionpress.com or send me a voicemail. I love it when people send me voicemails and we've got one coming up in this show at the end here. You can always just record like a voice memo on your phone. Of course, if you use Voxer, I can get your voice memo that way or just record a voice memo on your phone and send it to me at danielle at daniellebean.com. All the links that I've talked about and different things I want to share with you are always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. If you can't remember to go there or if you just want to get the newest episode of Girlfriends in your inbox every week, you can text the word girlfriends to 33777. Fast and easy way to get yourself added to that email list and bonuses. You'll never miss an episode and we'll stay connected. All right, coming up, I've got some listener feedback for you, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. When you're a busy mom, it can seem like God comes in second place to everything else. As Catholics, we know that God should be at the center of our lives. We know we should be planning around Him instead of trying to plan Him around our schedules. But it's so hard when you're juggling all the logistics. Back for a third year to help mothers put God at the center is a Catholic Mother's Planner. A planner designed by Catholic mothers for Catholic mothers to help you and your family live with God at the center of your schedule. To help you do this, the planner includes inspirational quotes from saints and scripture, novena start dates, saints feast days, family recipes, activities to celebrate feast days, and so much more. 
The Catholic Mother's Planner has sold out within months every year, so be sure to order yours today. To reserve your copy of the 2022 Catholic Mother's Planner, go to ascensionpress.com slash planaroundgod. That's ascensionpress.com slash planaroundgod. All right, welcome back. We're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback, and I'm thrilled this week to have some voicemail. I heard from listener Christine this week, and here's what she says. Danielle, thank you so much for your podcast. The Girlfriends is such an uplifting talk that I love to listen to almost every week, and um, it helps me so much with practical ideas for supporting our kids' faith. My husband and I have three young children. Uh, We teach religion at our parish, and we also help serve my mother-in-law who's battling Alzheimer's. And I just love your recent podcast on the four tips in supporting our children's faith, uh, especially the offer it up, um, the sacrifice, the daily sacrifice, and the sufferings that we're going through, uh, just knowing that they have purpose and they have value and that uh, that Christ cares. And um, just to doing that with our disease that our family is, is battling is just such a wonderful reminder. And I just love um, the praying example uh, we've decided in the last year since the pandemic to do a, a nightly rosary together at 8 p.m. as a family. And um, even just starting out as just doing the first decade uh, with the kids since they are quite a bit younger. It's just been um, a very important thing, I think, for our family uh, identity and uh, nightly routine and just making sure that we get to mass weekly as well. I also just think that um, some other tips uh, as far as making sure that our um, faith is visual to them and opening the questions. We've also been picking out a scripture each week and having the kids memorize the Bible verse with us and we print it out or write it on a piece of paper and we hang it on the door so we see it as we walk by every time that we come in our back door and it's in our kitchen so um, we like to recite that together and the kids really just love that encouragement and um, family bonding time that we have as trying to do a weekly memory bible verse together so i just wanted to share that with you and thank you so much for all that you do Thank you so much for that voicemail, Christine. It's so encouraging to me. And I love to be able to hear your voice. You all get to listen to my voice every week. And I like having other people's voices added to girlfriends. So I'm so grateful for you sending me that voicemail. So first of all, thank you for that. Thank you for your thoughts on, you know, nurturing your kids' faith lives. And I like that you mentioned offering up for kids because that was one point that I made in that particular show that... I've been really grateful for in recent weeks because I've got kids that are away at college and especially praying for them. I always pray for all my kids every day, but especially I've been praying for them in recent weeks. And I've been finding it such a consolation for me to be able to offer up for them. It feels like something tangible that I can do where I know they're making this transition. There are many things that I want for them, many good things that can happen in the the coming year that I want for them. And Offering up is a really beautiful way that I can be very deliberate about that in my prayers, but then throughout my day, whether it's something you're, you know, taking on an additional sacrifice or something hard you're going through that you can offer up for your kids. Such a beautiful gift. So thank you for reminding us all of that. And I love that you're starting with the nightly rosary and starting where you are, where you've got little guys and just doing one decade seems doable. Fantastic and very reasonable. 
I always encourage people to start where they are, especially when it comes to your family's prayer life. You don't want to overwhelm everybody. Start where you are and, you know, let God work with that. Let God work with you and it will naturally grow from there. And then with the scripture verse memorizing, what a fantastic idea to do it together as a family and choose a different passage each week. You are encouraging me and inspiring me because I've shared here before on the podcast about times in the past where we have you know, I've assigned the kids different little pieces of scripture to memorize. And I have loved those weeks where we are practicing those because the house feels filled with scripture. You know, even if it's just for a few moments in the morning or in the evening where you're kind of going over or a child is repeating a scripture passage in order to memorize it, it's a beautiful way to be filling your home with scripture and being focused on scripture. But then what a gift. Once you have it memorized, You've got that. You've got that locked away in your heart. And you have that scripture passage. What a gift to encourage your kids to develop. So I love that you're doing that. Fantastic job, Christine. You and your husband are doing such a great job raising your kids and giving them that beautiful gift of their Catholic faith. So if you have feedback you'd like to share, as Christine has, you can always email me a voice memo at danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I especially love to connect on Instagram. That's where I'm most active these days. If you're on Instagram, give me a follow. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram. Always love to hear from listeners there as well. Well, that's all the time we have for the show this week, but I want to thank you for being here. I do not take for granted that you have many people and worthy things that are vying for your time and attention. And I'm so grateful for the fact that you give me some of your time right here on the podcast. I'm grateful for the fact that we can connect here. I don't take that for granted. It's a privilege and it's an honor to be a part of your week. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.